ashes of defeat The resurrected King is resurrecting me In your name I come alive Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special edition of Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. Very, very blessed always to be with you, to are more gathered in his name, seeking his present power, not simply to know about Jesus, but all of us striving to know Jesus himself, and even more to discover in the breaking of the bread ourselves, in the breaking of the bread. That in our brokenness, in our struggles, in our challenges, Jesus is present and alive. We see this in Mass, and it's meant to overflow into our lives. So whatever you're struggling with right now, bring it to Jesus. Recognize we are part of the Mass. Brokenness is the occasion for blessedness. Brokenness is an occasion for blessedness. Can you just claim that tonight? Whatever it is right now, wherever you're at, just speak it. Say, Lord, I claim this brokenness in your name. May it be an occasion of blessedness. Maybe it's a physical brokenness, emotional, relational, spiritual. Right now, just claim that. Claim that it is Jesus's and that he's going to work through that. Well, tonight we're very excited to have a special program. We're calling Real Stories of God's Present Power. Real Stories of God's Present Power. You're going to hear some very powerful testimonials from a dynamic young man, husband and father of five. His name is Patrick Rice. He was with us recently at An Ablaze, and this is from that very powerful night. You're going to hear his testimonial, kind of coming from a pagan to really believing in Jesus, and then a real manifestation of the Spirit in his life. And I want to say right away that there's a tendency when we hear these talks and we hear these people for us to just be spectators. There's a tendency for us to kind of sit on the sidelines and think, well, that's great. That's them. That's that's, that's that powerful speaker. Well, praise God for them. But I can't imagine that being me. Understand that that was many, many of us who were perhaps lacking in confidence in God's power, who right now, simply by recognizing our brokenness, recognizing our incompleteness, recognizing all the fears and doubts that we have, God wants to use us simply by saying, here I am, Lord. Can you say that with me tonight? Can you say, Lord, in spite of all this stuff in my life, in spite of my doubts and fears, do your thing, God. I give you permission. I want you to have that spirit tonight also as you hear Patrick's talk. A documentarian contacted him and others and created this film that is now just becoming viral. It's called Fearless. I want to direct you to fearlessdocumentary.net. This is a pretty exciting thing. If you go there, you're going to see uh, some great endorsements by Father Reniero Cantamalesa, who's the Pope's papal preacher. Bishop David O'Connell, Bishop Sam Jacobs. It features Dr. Ralph Martin, Dr. Mary Healy, Father Matthias Thalen. Um, You've got testimonials from Father Mike Schmitz, Father Dave Povanka, Father Peter Ryan. This is really, really exciting. It's really kind of a who's who of folks who have viewed this film and recognized its invitation for us to get, you know, if you will, off the sidelines and quit being spectators and really to recognize God calls us to be participants. Now, one final thing. Uh, We want this. If you're like me, if you're like us, we want this. We want to be occasions of God's power alive within us. And if we're really, really honest, we may go to Mass, we may pray the Rosary, we may be very pious and faithful. But in Scripture it says, signs and wonders shall accompany them. Why? Because the world is doubting. 
The world is struggling. The world is is living in a pain they need not live in because Jesus is risen. He's alive. And he wants to make his presence known. And so a key thing here is that as we pray the Our Father, it is so important that we're not simply saying, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But Lord, help us to be your instruments of this happening. Every time from this moment forward, what if all of you who are listening, we didn't simply pray this as if God does it apart from us, but we avail ourselves to being his answer. If that resonates with you right now, if that resonates with you tonight, if you desire beyond what makes sense to you, beyond your doubts and fears, to be an instrument of God's present power, please consider joining us for a very special event on Pentecost, June 4th, Sunday, at Regina Chaley Parish. We call it Praying with Fire Conference. It's going to be, we believe, a very powerful open door to more fully discovering God's power alive within us. And not just personally, but as a community of believers, uniting us together to be that community that will say yes to God and truly claim our marriages, our families, our parishes, this region for Jesus Christ. So I hope this speaks to you. I hope you are listening right now aren't just on the sidelines, listening in the car, listening at home. I hope that you hear God's voice speaking to you right now saying, be that person. So go to massimpact.us forward slash fire. That's massimpact.us forward slash fire. And sign up right now to join us for this event on Pentecost, June 4th at Regina Chaley. And a special insider, there's a discount code right now if you go for a short time. It's 25FIRE. The number's 25, no space. FIRE is a discount code, all caps, And we do hope that you join us for this powerful movement of God Alive in a missioned community. Gosh, this world needs it. I can't say it strongly enough. I need it. My family needs it. Families around us need it. Let's say yes together and see what God can do with us. With no further ado, Patrick Rice. Praise be Jesus Christ. I just want to declare a few things that God put in my spirit over here. Um, The presence of God is what heals. The presence of God is what delivers. And the presence of God that is here on this burning bush wants to be in you, soaking in you, healing you, delivering you, and filling you. So, Father, I just pray right now that we would come into an awareness of the presence of God uh, in us. So come, Holy Spirit, God. I pray that you would just break anything down that needs to be broken. I pray that you would just give everyone here Uh, an immense receptivity to your presence through the room. God, I thank you for all the angels that you've sent here. Um, (laughs) I thank you for all of the messages that you're going to be speaking uh, to them through those angels and healing through those angels. And we thank you, we honor you, and we praise you. And uh, I just got the sense that God really wants us to have fun tonight. So uh, if you give me permission to have fun, I'll give you permission to have fun. Sound good? All right. Thank you, Jesus. I also want to say, too, that uh, when we do nights like these, when I've come and, and done this and shared these stories and stuff, it's not uncommon for, um, as we speak and as we share, uh, for tumors to dissolve, for people to be healed without anyone praying for them. So if at any point you just feel the presence of God, I want you to stop and focus on the presence of God touching you, because I believe that God is going to be doing um, healing before we pray for healing. Does that sound good? Yeah. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to do that. We thank you. We give you permission. 
And uh, I also give you guys permission as I speak tonight, uh, I don't want you to be um, overly pious in the sense that I speak and you be quiet. If something resonates in your spirit, I want you just to, you can raise a hand, you can shout out an amen, okay? I want you to be free because the freer you are, the freer he's able to work in you, okay? The more rigid you are, the, it's harder it is for him to operate. So God, we want you to be open and operating and we give you permission tonight, God, to do whatever you want to do. We praise you for your presence. There is no greater gift than the presence of Jesus living inside of us. The spirit that dwelled in Jesus and raised him from the dead lives inside of us, and he wants out. Amen? Amen? This is going to be good. Um, I've got two scriptures I'm going to preach on tonight, okay? The first one started Jesus' mission. So I'm going to start off my mission with the one that Jesus uh, preached on. It was Isaiah 61. He came to his hometown of Nazareth, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he, he went to where, it was, to where it was written these words. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance by our God, to comfort all those who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland of praise instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Jesus quoted that in Luke chapter 4. This is directly from Isaiah 61, what I just read to you. It's the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he has anointed me to do all these things. But why? Why is the Spirit of the Lord upon us to do those things? The answer comes in verse 4. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon us that we might rebuild ancient ruins. That we will raise up the former devastations. That we will restore ruined cities. The desolation of many generations. I'm going to read that again. Why is the Spirit of the Lord upon us? That we may rebuild ancient ruins, raise up former devastations, restore ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. Jesus wants to pour the Holy Spirit up upon you in power, not just for your sake, but for the sake of others around you and ultimately to restore your broken city. It's an invitation. Jesus actually came and was anointed, and he wanted to bring salvation and restoration to his bride, the new Jerusalem. Did you know that the bride of Christ is actually revealed to us as a city, the new Jerusalem? Pope Francis said that we need to have the same heart for our cities that Jesus had for Jerusalem. And that we're called to make our cities look like a new Jerusalem. And we were commissioned to do that when he taught us how to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our job is to look around and say, okay, what doesn't look like heaven around here? All right. And I don't know about you, but I, I drove here and there's a lot of devastation and ruin in the city of Toledo. 
But Jesus wants to pour out his spirit upon you that you may restore and renew your city. And you cannot do it alone. You cannot do it with a program. You can only do it by the spirit of the living God that wants out. He's inside and he wants out. That's what tonight is all about. Just as Jesus was anointed to restore cities, you are anointed to restore your city. This is what tonight is all about. The anointing that we receive through Jesus is the same anointing that he had. Before I share the second of the two scriptures, the first one, the spirit of the Lord God is upon you that you might ultimately restore ruined cities, your city. Before I share the second scripture, Romans 1, verse 11, I, want to sh- I just want to share with you my story and how I got up here. <laughs> Thank you, God. Um, and it, my, actually, my story actually starts off right where you're sitting. I was forced to go to Franciscan University of Steubenville, amazing university. I didn't want to go there. I completely fell away and lost my faith. And they had these things called Eucharistic Festivals of Praise where they would put Jesus in the monstrance on the altar. They'd have a praise band, and all these young people would come and praise Jesus. I thought they were a little crazy, okay? And if you were here forced by your parents to come, and adore Jesus. I think you're about to get hit hard and your life wrecked. And I pray that in Jesus' name tonight. Thank you, God. Do it again, Father. This is what happened. So I had a friend that would always invite me to come to these Eucharistic festivals of praise. And I always said no. But one time he said, hey, Patrick, don't come because you want to come. Come for me. Come because I, I want you to support me. And I thought to myself, I'm a good friend. Of course I'm going to support you. I like you. He was leading praise and worship. So I come, 20 minutes late, and I sit in the dead back, right where that woman is back there, okay? You can wave back there, that's you. Yeah, like that's where I was. 50 people up here in the front. This is in the study abroad campus of Gaming, Austria. All of a sudden, the priest grabs the monstrance, everyone gets on their knees, and he starts processing it down the aisle, and when he gets to the end, he turns the monstrance, and I'm not kidding you, all the light in the room collected around the host, and sent a beam of power that knocked me over. And from that moment, my life was transformed forever. And I just want to thank Jesus for what he did right there and what he's continuing to doing. Do it again, Jesus. Knock him over. Thank you, God. I'm not kidding. I wasn't metaphoring. I was being real, all right? So I had a conversion. I came back. I finished out Franciscan really strong. That was my uh, junior year. I fell in love with a girl. We got married. We have five kids. Two of them are with me right here, Joseph and Julie. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for creation, Father. And I taught high school school, uh, Catholic high school for two years in California. And then I moved back. And my wife is from the Cincinnati area. And I got a job as a youth minister, mostly because uh, in the Catholic church, you know, there, there's not a lot of young people, like, that can do that. So if they see you and they, you look like you're relatable to teens, they're like, you should be a youth minister. And I'm a political science major, and I'm like, no training in it. But they're like, you're young. Young people like you. You should be a youth minister. So I said, okay, I need a job. So I became a youth minister at Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish in Cincinnati. And I, they, they had all these, all the people that that were on the committee that ended up hiring me, they ended up like, um, had these really big expectations that they heaped upon me. I was not trained, equipped to do it. And after my first year, the youth group didn't grow. 
I got really depressed. Expectations were not being met. And it was, it was around May of that year. I basically felt like I wanted to quit. I met this priest from Uganda named Father Rufino. He was uh, just moved from his uh, Uganda parish to, um, to Cincinnati where his uh, order had a North American headquarters. And, uh, and we, we hit it off really well. And he said, Patrick, you've got to meet my friends Dan and Lynn. I'm like, who are Dan and Lynn? He's like, they live in Kentucky, northern Kentucky, which is not that far. And every summer, they would come to Uganda and do school of the charisms all over the Uganda, all the villages and places I ministered to. And they're just so filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to meet them. I said, okay. So on the, feet, on the eve of, of Pentecost 2010, my wife Emily and I drove out to, uh, to have dinner with Father Rufino and meet Dan and Lynn. And on the way out, we had this conversation. My wife Emily, I'm the worst mother. I never have good food cooked. The house is always a mess. I can't do it. I feel so bad. And I'm like, well, I, I'm like the worst youth minister. The group's not growing. No one, I, I'm not meeting the expectations. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And like, the year has just kind of ended. And we're, I'm entering this quasi-summer year. I don't know if I'm supposed to stay a youth minister. So we have dinner. They meet. Uh, we meet with them. We have dinner. And then Father Fino gets up. He says, okay, I'm going to go into another room. They're going to pray over you. Have a good time. Got freaked out. <laughs> Dan is like 6'4". Lynn is like 4'11". All right? It's crazy. So I'm like sitting there at this dinner table, and they just stand up. Dan stands over me, puts his hand on my shoulder. He says, can I put my hand on your shoulder and pray for you? I said, sure. Lynn does the same thing with Emily, and they're just quiet. And I'm like, wait a minute. All right, God, if they're going to say something, I want them to speak about what you want for me, my career, what, what, you, what you think about me as a youth minister. I don't want to hear about me as a husband or a father or any brushy, colorful things. I just I want to know this thing. And right when I said that in my spirit, I heard he opened his mouth and said, the Lord wants you to know that he has chosen you to be a youth minister at your parish, and he's going to expand your vision, and you're going to have one of the largest youth ministries in Cincinnati. He's opening the barn doors. You're going to have so many Catholics coming in. You're going to have non-Catholics coming in. And you're going to have an explosion of grace and salvation. And as he spoke these words, I started getting lit up. I, God knew me. I could, I could hear from God through this person. I had never felt so loved, so cared for, so empowered to that moment in my life. And then Lynn, little Lynn, she says, and Emily, the Lord wants you to know that it's more important for you to have a cooked meal for your husband than it is for you to have a perfectly clean house. And then Emily starts crying like, oh my gosh, Jesus, yeah. And that was the moment, that was the moment of breakthrough where I had this conversion, it was awesome, and I knew that like the thing that you could do is bring, bring people to the Eucharist and I would have adoration all the time, but there wasn't this like power, there wasn't this get, off the, get out of the parish, go into the streets and proclaim the gospel like the early church had. And these people could hear from God. I didn't even know what was going on. Really quick, what I experienced in Dan and Lynn are three gifts. Gifts of the Holy Spirit, words of knowledge. That's where God tells you specific facts about a person's past or present supernaturally. They didn't discern it, you know, just by kind of reading you. 
God told them, and they're either true or false. Prophecy is the gift where God speaks to you about another person for their future. God, what's your heart for their future? What are your promises over their life? Words of wisdom are words that God speaks to you for another person to explain the things of God in a way that they need to hear it, that you couldn't have read a book and figured out for. And through Dan and Lynn, I experienced the first time the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit that released a new power in me. Within three years of that happening, my youth group had grown to when we went to like uh, diocesan youth rallies and stuff, we had the most people of any other youth group in the diocese. I had uh, non-Catholic kids come into the church and actually one, uh, the first kid that converted to the church, I actually became I, the best man in his wedding last year. And now he married a girl from the youth group and they're pregnant with their first child on the way. And they both went to Franciscan University. Oh, so good. And it was like, and actually I met this kid the fall after I got that prophetic word. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I knew you're the first one. It was so powerful. So I started meeting with Dan and Lynn. And I'm like, God, I got so hungry for what, I'm like, God, you're doing it in them. I wasn't jealous, like, why, why them and not me? That's the devil. I was like, God, I want you to do in, in me what I see you doing in them. And they, had, um, they would have these meetings at this, uh, this priest's residence. It was called the Kamboni Mission Center. He was a Kamboni missionary. They're one of the largest missionary orders in Central Africa. And they would have these prayer meetings, and they would, they would teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They would pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they'd activate the gifts of the Holy Spirit, give you a chance to try it out. And I remember the first, the first night, he's like, all right, before we do anything, is there anyone here who hasn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, you receive an outpouring of God's love that empowers you to do the ministry of Jesus. And I said, I want that. <laughs> so he walks up to me, and he starts praying. Like, and he starts praying in the Spirit. And all of a sudden, as he's praying, like Acts chapter 2, like fire came over me. And I just like, I, I, I don't even remember falling, but I just like, I remember being on the ground and I felt like a river, a river of water just going all the way through me. And I just kept thinking to myself, I can never doubt what I'm experiencing. I can never doubt what I'm experiencing. God, you're real. God, you're real. I love you. I love you. I want everyone to know the heart, the depth of your love. And it completely changed my life. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. So that kept, uh, that, would, that, would, that would happen. And then I would go to youth group and um, I'd go on retreats. And they would also pray that the, that the way they hear God's voice for other people, that I could hear that. And we would have retreats in the youth group. And uh, I remember there was the first time there was a kid. He had fallen away from the church. He came on a retreat. He was going to the crossroads mega church thing. I don't know what your mega church is here, the one that seals Catholics. He was going to that one in Cincinnati, and um, he came on this retreat, and uh, he, was, he was sitting um, just like in the back during adoration, and I, I, uh, he, he came back to me, and he's, I'm like, hey, how's it going, buddy? And he's like, good, I'm a little messed up right now. And I'm like, well, can I pray for you? And I started praying for him, and as I started to pray for him, the Lord started showing me images of a man that I intuitively knew was his father yelling at him and that he had this, the Lord kind of revealed to me in a download that he had this anger pent up for his father that was blocking the love of God in his life. 
And so I said to him, Sam, I know that you, I don't know anything about this guy. I said, I know that you have hatred toward your father, that he doesn't accept you. And then all these things, as I started to speak, specific things about his life, he starts bawling and crying and saying, he never loved me, he never accepted me. And then he just started like getting really angry with his dad. And what I did was I invited him to forgive his father, just like we did coming into here. And as he forgave his father, this just rush of peace came over him. And what was going on? They're having confession right in the back. This guy that had been away from the church for two years goes back to the confessional and gets reconciled with Jesus because of a breakthrough moment of the revelation of God through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! This kept going. Um, we were on a, a, a retreat, and um, it was a five or a six-day uh, mission trip in the inner city of Cincinnati. We were at this uh, old seminary called the Holy Spirit Center that's converted into a retreat center. And every night, we would we, we'd do ministry during the day. We'd come back, eat dinner, have like a youth ministry night type of thing at the center. And then I led an optional Eucharistic Holy Hour. And every night, we just, God, whatever you want to do, whatever. I, I'd ask God, what do you want to do? And then I felt like he told me to do something, and we went for it. On the last night, crazy stuff started happening. Like people were just getting totally annihilated by God, just completely wrecked. And people started getting spiritual gifts and prophesying over one another. And I didn't think it could get any bigger, but on the fifth and final night that we had this, I was walking down the hall, and all of a sudden this really short, five-foot woman, there's something about short women that have immense power with God. I don't understand it. He uses the, the, the small to confound the tall, I think. And so, yeah, that's a good one. And so she comes up to me right before I'm about to enter the church, and she just says, she starts reading to me a scripture, and it was, it was uh, Galatians, and, she, and it was Galatians like, oh, you stupid Galatians, how slow of heart are you to believe? You know, did you... Did you gain faith by, by the flesh or by the spirit, that, that scripture? And as I heard that scripture, I fell to the ground. And then she said, God, I just pray that you release an incredible anointing over him. And she just prayed for me. And as she prayed this prayer, I felt the Holy Spirit get breathed into me in a way that I've never felt before. I got up. I picked up the Bible. And there are 100 kids from multiple youth groups on this uh, summer um, work camp thing. And there are 80 of them gathered on this final night. They were so hungry for God. And it started at 1145 at night. They're so hungry for God. They're all in these, in these pews. And I come up to the front, like where Father is. And I knelt down. And I opened up that scripture. And as I started to read that scripture, Oh, you foolish Galatians, how slow of heart are you to believe? Every, like, I heard this behind me. The sound of bodies hitting pews. Boom, boom, boom. And then I heard this groaning like this oh, and just people like these kids were spontaneously speaking in tongues we've never gone after tongues before in youth group i mean you get fired doing that so we never went after it you know the whole praying with people thing was okay but they just started praying in tongues and then people just like lined up and 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 i, I came over and uh, i'm like i'm just gonna pray for people right now and so people lined up and i just said god i ask you to and i put a hand on them thump to go to the ground. And they would just be in a deep encounter. I'd go to the next person and I'd say, God, I ask you to, and then thump. They go to the ground. 
deep encounter, person after person after person. The night was one of those glorious nights I'd ever experienced. And after that event, I started to hear the testimonies. The kids that were addicted to porn couldn't look at it anymore. The girl that was addicted to shopping, she got so, uh, she wanted to vomit at the idea of going to buy another purse. People got so radically converted that from that group of students, uh, eight girls went to on nun runs to Nashville with the Dominicans and to Ann Arbor with the Ann Arbor Dominicans. And multiple students were, ent- uh, were visiting seminaries. They got so on fire for the holiness and the love of God. It was absolutely amazing. The following summer, we had another conference in Cincinnati. And um, there was this priest, his name is Father John Ignatius. He started the Servants of Christ Jesus in Denver. He was a spiritual director of the conference, and I knew him while I was at Franciscan University. And I hadn't seen him in years, and we were all so excited. And um, I remember it was just crazy what happened. We're, we're talking for a long time. I'm telling him about all the things the Holy Spirit's doing in my life. And he was just like praising and honoring God. And I'm just like, Father, I'm just so hungry for more. I know there's more. Unless we start doing the works of Jesus in greater works, like, I know there's more. And if you know how to get that, let me know, you know? And he says, yeah, I want more too. And so I'm sitting in the cafeteria, hanging out with college students. We're about to go off to a, a ministry event where we had done stuff like uh, conference-style events during the day. And then on the final day, we were going to go out and do street evangelization around downtown Cincinnati and then close with Eucharistic adoration at the downtown Catholic parish and invite people off the street to come light a candle and pray for the city. So we're getting ready to go. Father John walks up to me when I'm at this table and he just looks at me and says, Father, I thank you for every spiritual gift that you've, that you've given Patrick. I ask you to give him a double portion of every gift right there. And when he said those words, boom, like in my spirit, this like river just hit me, this power. I didn't know what happened. I'm like, well, thank you. I almost fell off my chair. We ended up going out in the street and I remember just like, Every person that I would talk to, I had this, like, fire in my eyes. And people just started coming into the church. Other students were so on fire. We had 100 people off the street come, light a candle, pray in front of Jesus. And then something happened. I know, it gets better. There's a guy that during earlier street evangelization outing, we actually did it twice, one of my, some of my students from uh, my youth group uh, met this disabled Vietnam veteran in Washington Park, downtown Cincinnati. His name is Willie. And Willie was in a wheelchair, an electric wheelchair. And they spent their entire time that they had to do street evangelization just talking to him and loving on him. And then they had to leave. And they, they, they thought, I think we did something bad. We didn't evangelize everybody. And then, but they realized, wow, you know, hey, Willie, we're doing this thing tomorrow night called night fever. Would you come? It's at St. Louis Church. He said, I know where it is. You know what? I don't know why I wouldn't usually do something like that, but I'm going to go. So the kids are all excited. They already told me about Willie. Willie shows up in his wheelchair, and then all of, all of a sudden, like, all this crazy stuff's going on. These kids come over to me, and they're like, Patrick, you've got to meet Willie. You've got to pray for Willie. And I'm like, 
eat? (laughs) What do you expect? Me to pray for his healing? You know? But they just, they, they bring me up, up to Willie. And I don't, I don't remember, I've never done this before. I've never prayed for anyone in a wheelchair. But I looked at Willie and I said, hi, I'm Patrick. He's like, I'm Willie. And I'm like, Willie, what do you want from God tonight? And he's like, oh, I just, I don't need anything from God. I just want to thank him. And I said, do you want God to heal you? After you say something like that, after those words come out of your mouth, you, you can't take them back. Okay, you can't take them back. And he looks at me and he said, what do you mean? I'm like, do you want Jesus to heal you? And he said, I would love nothing more than that. And I said, can we pray for you? And he said, yeah, you can pray. And so I stopped. I'm like, all right, whoa, Holy Spirit, I really need you now. <laughs> like, Jesus, I love you. I need you. you. You heal. So I'm like, Jesus, how do you want to heal Willie? And all of a sudden, I just heard forgiveness. And I said, Willie, I want you to ask Jesus' question out loud. Close your eyes, and whatever, you, whatever comes in your mind, tell me. And I had him, ask the question, I had him ask the question, Jesus, do I need to forgive anyone that's hurt me in life? And he asked the question, and almost immediately he starts breaking down crying. And he starts talking about being in Vietnam and being raped. Being, having eight children and having his wife leave him having all eight children abandon him and reject him and him being all alone. He went through the hardest stuff in life that I've ever heard, and he went through and forgave him in the mighty name of Jesus. And then I said, wow, all right, God, what do you want to do next? And then I saw in my mind an image of him ballroom dancing like this. But Willie's black, and in my mind, black people don't ballroom dance. I know. They might jazz dance, right? He's like in his 60s. And I thought, I said, Willie, I have a question. Did you, when you were like younger and able to walk and everything, did you like to dance, like jazz dance? And he's like, oh, my wife and I, we used to love the ballroom dance. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, God. Never again. And and so, and then I felt the Lord saying, like, I had this girl, Grace, with me. I'm like, I feel like God just wants to heal you through dancing. And she, I'm like, Grace, take his hands and just start to dance. And he just started to dance, like, arms back and forth like this. And after a sudden he looked up, he said, my arthritis is gone. I don't have pain in my hands. I've never not had pain in my hands. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, your arthritis is healed. And I'm like, let's, let's go. What's the next part of your body that needs healed? And he's like, my back. And he, go, he pulls his shirt up, and he's got, a, he's got like, a, a lump out of his spine. He had been shot in the spine and his spine was like all messed up and barely connected. There was barely a connection there. And he's like, can you pray for my back to be healed? And I'm like, all right. And I laid in my hands on his back and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command all pain, any evil spirits and infirmity to leave his back and Holy Spirit, do what you do. Just heal his back in Jesus' name. And we, and we all like laid our hands. There are a few kids around. And then he went like this. He went, Oh my gosh, I can move like I couldn't move before. And I'm like, all right, what's next? So we prayed over his, his ankles, his legs. And as we prayed, he felt strengthened and go through his body. And then he said, can you pray for my cancer to be healed? Whoa. Can you pray for my cancer to be healed? I'm not kidding. I was saying the same thing. What? <laughs> so I like, I, I don't know. It just happened. I just came really close to him like that. And I said, 
And I looked in his eyes and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command every cancer cell to die, to dissolve right now and be healed in the name of Jesus. And he was just like, started kind of manifesting. And I said, wow, Willie, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to get up. For the first time in years, Willie stood up out of his wheelchair and started to walk. And I said, Willie, Jesus healed you. He's on the altar in the monstrance. What do you want to go do? He says, I want to go thank him. So two girls who just taken his body that's in the process of being healed took one arm each and started walking him down the aisle. But do you know that God heals not for our sake, but for his own glory, that his name might be famous. Amen? That the the name of Jesus will be made famous and glorified to every end of the earth, that every knee will bend and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. There's always something bigger than what we see. I didn't know this, but 10 feet behind me, there was a videographer taking footage of the whole thing, watching a bunch of young Catholic kids pray and a miracle happening right in front of them. That footage got sent off to a, a, document, a documentarian who ended up getting a call a few months later. She wanted to make a, a, a movie, a Catholic documentary, on Holy Spirit and evangelization. And she wanted to follow me and my friend around, because we apparently do this. And uh, it, it became the first footage for the Fearless documentary that's coming out next year. I think that's probably why Greg invited me. <laughs> but... um. Uh, yeah, the documentary is being endorsed by Father Cantalamesa, the Pope's preacher, like bishops, Father Mike Schmitz, great, like all these famous people are like, this is it. And it, that, it started right there just because someone prayed for me to receive more and then I had the faith to go do what Jesus did. I want to share with you another story before I, I kind of start to wrap it up. Oh, we're doing great on time. You guys like these stories? You want more or less? Yeah. I want more. Me too. All right. Last May, um, there was a, an event that uh, I heard about. A guy named Randy Clark, who's a, um, he's a healing evangelist in the Protestant world, um, he was mobilizing a citywide um, evangelization mission in Dayton, Ohio, called Love Dayton. It was a four-day event that they were going to have people from all over the country come in go door-to-door to the poorest places of Dayton to proclaim the gospel, to pray for healing, to invite people to a citywide gathering, like a citywide festival, where there are games and food and free food and all this stuff, and then two even, uh, gospel healing meetings that were happening in the evening. I, I, I'm pretty close with the Archbishop in Cincinnati, Archbishop Schnur, so I called up his office and asked for permission to lead a Catholic ministry team. He looked into it, looked it over, said, this looks absolutely amazing. Um, in fact, the, the organizer said, if they meet any fallen away Catholics, they will send them to our ministry team because they want that. They don't, they don't care about where they are. They just want them to be in a church. So it became like a win-win. So I led the Catholic ministry team in the, uh, to this Love Dayton event last May. And there was a, um, a, they had a, a guy speaking there who was talking about the gift of words of knowledge specifically for healing. And he started talking about how he'd be on the street and God, through the, the gift of the word of knowledge, God would, would tell him about sicknesses of people around him that he wanted to heal and all he had to do was respond to it. 
he would talk about how um, sometimes if he's walking around and he feels a, a random pain in his body that's not a normal, ordinary pain in his life, that there's someone around him that God wants to heal of that pain and some issue uh, connected to it. He started talking about how if he's in a conversation with someone and he feels just compassion, like, oh my gosh, that person's hurting, like, I wish, like, I feel like God wants to heal him through this compassion. He would pray and people get healed. He talked about just looking at someone and it was like one part of their, the body would be highlighted. It would just stand out to them by, for, for some reason. And God was showing him that there's some area of the body that God wanted to heal. And he started telling these stories. And I'm like, God, I want that. I want to know who you want to heal. I want to, I want to go to the grocery store and people, see people healed and families come to Jesus. And your, your life demonstrated time out. Did Jesus ever proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of God? and not back it up? No. Thank you. Everyone should know that. Every time he proclaimed the gospel of kingdom, he demonstrated it with signs, wonders, and miracles. Jesus even said in John chapter 10, if I don't do the works of my Father, don't believe me. And I have this conviction inside of me, church, that unless we can say that to the world, they're not going to believe us either. Unless we do the works of Jesus, unless we do the works of the Father, they, will not, they don't have to believe us. And I'm so hungry to, to bring signs, wonders, and miracles wherever I go because Jesus said these signs will accompany those who believe. The last one, they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I said, God, I want more. I want greater uh, uh, anointing for healing. I want greater words of knowledge to know it. And so at the end of this guy, he was saying, I'd like to pray for anyone to receive that gift. And I ran up there. I was the first one up there. And he prayed. I didn't shake. I didn't fall. Or I think I did fall. But I, ha I, I just felt this immense peace. The next day, we go out onto the street. I'm going door to door with our Catholic ministry team. And I'm like, hi there. I'm from Love Dayton. Slam door in the face, you know. Hi there. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here. And I, I'm, I started to, to make success and just figure out a way to not get the door slammed in my face. And then I started looking. And all of a sudden, I'd feel a pain in my body. I'd be like, oh my gosh, do you have something like wrong in your abdomen? Like, is there some condition? Like, yeah, I've got this like crazy um, issue that my gallbladder doesn't work right. And I'm like, can, I feel like God wants to heal you because I think he told me that something about that. So can I pray for you quick? And I'd pray and I'd just put my hand right out there and I'd be like, God, in the name of Jesus, I, I just bind this infirmity uh, that's blocking the gallbladder from functioning properly and I just released heaven's healing over your gallbladder and she looked up and she's like it's on fire it's burning and I'm like that that's good <laughs> and then like oh my gosh and then we found out later she's completely healed woman I get a tooth pain over here I'm talking to this woman my, my tooth hurts I'm like that's weird do you have like a jaw or a tooth problem she's like yeah I've got like a messed up jaw like the nerves are crazy I don't have money for a root canal I'm like can I pray I prayed Holy Spirit hits her, boom, her pain, pain's completely gone. And I said, do you, do you know Jesus? And she's like, no, I, I know a lot of people that know Jesus. I'm like, would you like to give your, like the guy that healed you wants to actually come into your life, not to control you, but to help you. Would you like that? And she said, yeah, I would like that. <laughs> and so we prayed. She receives Jesus into her heart. The Holy Spirit fills her. And then we get her connected to a church. It was so awesome. This stuff was happening over and over and over to the point that every person I prayed for 
out there got healed. I called up my friend Ryan. He teaches at the, the Dayton Catholic School at um, uh, Alter High School. And I'm like, dude, this is crazy. You're not going to believe what, what's happening. I start telling him stories. And he says, dude, it's 2 o'clock. Can you drive to Alter and start telling my students? I want my students to hear this. And I'm like, absolutely. So I got in my car. I, I ran to my, my car. Got in my car. I got there at 2.30. And he gave me 15 minutes after they finished like a quiz. And I started telling them what I'm telling you guys. I'm like, Jesus is real. He doesn't just preach it. He backs it up. And then, you know, oh, by the way, I feel like, like there's healing going on right now. So God, I thank you for uh, healing legs, right legs, left hips, and uh, eardrums. Even if you didn't have, um, like, something in an eardrum part, I feel like God's restoring that. In Jesus' name, thank you. And I feel like, um, so that, that, I just started telling them everything that was happening. And then all of a sudden, um, I, I got three words of knowledge. God told me, oh, it just happened. I did that, all right? And then uh, these three, I'm like, raise your hand if, if you had these issues going on. And like the, the kids were like, yeah, that's me. I'm like, okay, stay after class. I'm going to pray for you. So after class, I go up, and one, one girl had, um, she had shin splint, like really bad shin splints. There's an actual name for it, where she has pain every time she walks. I just laid my hand on her, on her feet. And then uh, she felt the Holy Spirit hit her. It was like a five-second prayer, like, Holy Spirit, heal her feet in Jesus' name. And then she, I'm like, test it out. She's like, what do I do? I'm like, something that would hurt. She stomps. And she's like, oh, my gosh, it doesn't hurt. She starts running around the room with no pain. People are looking at her like, oh, my gosh, you got injured. You're in crutches. How can you do that? And this other girl's like, okay, my turn. She's like overweight and she has pain problems. And I said, all right, Holy Spirit, just give her new kneecaps, all right? And I'm like, in Jesus' name, just restore anything that needs to be restored right now. And then she goes like this, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I could never bend my knees all the way back. And she starts praising God. And then a kid comes in, and, uh, and he, he wanted me to pray for his hip. So Ryan and I together, it was Ryan's, like, first time, we prayed for his hip. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, my gosh, I can move it now. I could never move it. I got injured playing baseball. And then I'm just looking at him, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it, the right part of his, like, arm and shoulder area was just kind of popping out to me. Kind of like if you look at a caricature cartoon, and you see, like, you know, the nose is really big on the cartoon or something. It was kind of like his, in my vision, kind of got big. And I'm like, is there something wrong with your, like, shoulder, your right shoulder arm? And he's like, oh, I tore my rotator cuff. How did you know that? And I'm like, it's okay. I think I want to heal you. Can I just, and he's like, what? And before I got permission, I said, God, just pray that you just heal his right shoulder now in Jesus' name. And then he went like, I said, test it out. And he went, oh, I can never do that. And then he's freaking out. And he's praising God. And then all of a sudden, the Lord draws me to, to look at his like abdomen. His abdomen starts pointing out. I'm like, you have digestion issues? And he's like, oh, you're a psychic. No, I'm just a Christian. I'm just a Christian. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to pray right now, okay? And he's, he had, like, gluten, peanut. He was allergic to, you know, the sun. And I'm just like, all right, God, just what, whatever you need to do, Holy Spirit, you're showing me that you want to do this. Just, I, I just pray that you heal his digestion in the mighty name of Jesus. He feels heat. I didn't know what happened. Find out the next week he was able to eat peanuts, bread, everything. He's been completely healed of all of his allergies. On top of that, it gets better. 
His name's Derek. He's one of those popular kids in his class. The next week, this was like a Thursday or Friday, the next week he gets up in front of class and says, I just want to let you know that when Ryan's crazy friend came in, I got completely healed of this, this, and this, and I, uh, and like Jesus is real, and any of you that don't know if God's real, he is so real. He starts preaching to the kids based upon what God did in his body, and, and then they had like, then the, a few students that got really touched, they were like, we need to do this all the time. This is religion class, and this Muslim kid raises his hand, and he's like, Mr. Maley, um, I've been in Catholic school for three years. I'm a Muslim, but I feel like I just learned more about Jesus in 10 minutes than I have in three years of Catholic high school. I want to know more about who Jesus is. So this small, uh, Ryan and the group of students started meeting Wednesday afternoons at this thing called Upper Room, and then he would teach them how to pray and hear God's voice, and they would pray for words of knowledge. God, who do you want to touch? And they would go to the people, and, he, and they were getting words of knowledge, and there was a full-blown revival going on to the point that this summer, they filled two school buses really fast within two weeks to go to the Franciscan University Summer Conference. I'm not kidding. It was like everyone wants to go because signs, wonders, and miracles started happening at that school, all because of 15 minutes of preaching and the boldness to go off and pray. This is what God wants to do. I'm just convinced of it for the new evangelization. The final verse I want to read to you, Romans 1, 11. St. Paul said, For I long to come to you soon, that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you might be strengthened. In other words, Paul says, I want to come to you, Romans, to impart a spiritual gift to you, that you might be strengthened. There's something that I have that you need to do the mission that God's called you to do. A spiritual gift is a charism, a gift of the Holy Spirit. I can't just pray for you from afar. I've got to come and pray that you receive what God has done in me that he does in you. Every story I told you started with God already operating in someone in a particular way, and that person praying for me, and then I receiving that gift. That process is called impartation, that we can, as we freely received, we can freely give the gifting so that the church might be strengthened and built up. Um, the, three, the three gifts that I want to pray for tonight, you're going to have an opportunity tonight, okay? That we're going to have, um, that it all starts with Jesus on the Eucharist, and he pours out his Holy Spirit upon Pentecost. And that's the baptism, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So if you are hungry, for to experience the love of God in, in the Holy Spirit, we want you to come forward and pray for you. We're going to give you instruction in just a minute. If you desire spiritual gifts to be operating in your life, number one, if you're willing to pray for the sick, if you're willing to hear God's voice for other people and to take risks and find out if it's true and go for it, we want to pray for you as well. For word of knowledge gift, that you hear God's voice and get facts and supernatural knowledge about people around you, and the prophetic, that you'll, you'll get God's heart for their future and declare the future full of hope that he has for them. What we're going to do is um, I have two people that I brought with me that I've seen um, them pray for spiritual gifts, and they actually manifest in people's life. Steve, can you wave your hand back there? That's Steve Dawson. Steve is the, actually the founder and director of St. Paul Street Evangelization. And he has an amazing uh, gift of healing. 
And um, Steve talked about some of his stories. He's, he's seen uh, blind, like blind eyes open. He's seen uh, crazy, um, you know, legs lengthen and stuff like that. But he's also prayed for people. He prayed for someone to receive the gift of healing. And then on the spot, they prayed for a blind person that was able to see. Like the type of thing where you have no pigment in your eyes and pigment appeared supernaturally right there. So uh, Steve has a grace to impart the gift of healing that I've seen. Olivia, wave your hand right here. Olivia is one of the, the hungriest young women I've, uh, I've ever met. She's a college student, but she has an incredible prophetic gifting. She hear, hears God's voice really clearly, and she can impart those prophetic gifts. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray for either baptism of the Holy Spirit, impartation of spiritual gifts for anyone that wants more, okay? And then uh, you might already have some of these giftings, but you can always have more. And then finally, uh, we want to pray for the sick for physical healing, okay? Uh, sickness is not from God, okay? He actually healed it, so we want to pray for anyone that's sick tonight. Is there anyone that came here specifically to receive prayer for physical healing? Raise your hand, okay? Cool. Here's what we're going to do. We're first going to pray impartation for gifts, and then the people that receive, that believe they receive gift, gifts of healing, we're going to have them pray for you guys, okay? For as long as it takes. Sound good? All right? Jesus calls us as he is here before us all to do his works. Those greatest works are to forgive, to love, to show no partiality. Greatest works, as Jesus tells us, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He calls all of us to do his work in various ways. Some to be mothers and fathers, some to be religious priests or brothers, he gives some the gifts of healing, others the gifts of understanding. Some it's the gift of piety. So he blesses all of us in various ways to bring forth the bountiful gifts that he has into our world to let his beauty shine. And Jesus speaks to us about healing. As Patrick said, healing is to bring forth faith. And we have seen miracles. We know the miracles Jesus worked all the way back 2,000 years ago. Those miracles are as real today as they were then. But we pray, Lord Jesus, as we kneel before you, we pray that we might believe without these miracles. But we pray that you may bring them forth to help those to believe. But we pray that our faith may be strong enough in good times and in bad, in riches and health, sickness and death, and in all those things our faith may never waver, and we may never doubt of your presence, of your goodness, and of the blessed blessedness that you call us to live in life. And so as we prepare for benediction, let us be reminded it is Jesus himself who gives the blessing, a, ble a blessing greater than any human being, a blessing beyond even the priest. And so just for two minutes, two minutes we collect our thoughts, acknowledging his presence, preparing our hearts and minds for a true, real blessing from Jesus himself. You have been listening to a very special edition of Ignite Radio Live. 
with Greg and Stephanie Schleter here over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. We've called it Real Stories of God's Present Power. And we want to direct you to a movie that was made out of this, fearlessdocumentary.net, featuring Patrick, Aaron Richards, Father Matthias, again with some tremendous integration with uh, some wonderful recognized Catholic leaders, Ralph Martin, Mary Healy, and others. Uh, We also want to invite you to please join us, Pentecost, June 4th, for our Praying with Fire conference. Again, Pentecost, the evening of Pentecost Sunday, June 4th, uh, Praying with Fire conference. You can find out more at massimpact.us forward slash fire. That's massimpact.us forward slash fire. And use the special discount code, the number is 25FIRE, 25FIRE. No spaces in between it, 25FIRE. We hope to see you there. God bless you. What is it?